Hey, Linda. Hey, Wendy. Really excited to be joining you and our listeners for this conversation in our podcast, Being the Change. Me too. It's our opportunity to have conversations with a variety of guests around topics that inspire us to be the change we want to see in the world. In fact, this first season, very timely, we're going to be talking about this question, what the heck is going on in education? Well said, my friend. And really, um, an appropriate conversation to be having right now with everything that's been confronting educators. So I'm excited to explore that a little bit further. We are a social worker and a counselor coming to you from the district mental health team in Pasco County Schools in Florida. So in the first segment of this episode, we were talking with Todd Clough about some of those really large initiatives, those shifts in education over the last few decades. So are you ready to jump back into this conversation? Yeah, I'm ready. Um, I know we start off this conversation or this section of the conversation um, talking about how schools can meet the needs of a very diverse and evolving community. Okay, well, let's put our seatbelts on and action. There is a role for education in meeting the needs of an evolving community. And I feel like sometimes what we do in education is we tend to standardize things and create these norms for, for students to meet. And, and it's difficult then for us to figure out as an education system, how do you remain flexible to be able to meet a, a very diverse, evolving community? Yeah, and I think that it would be the ideal, right? There's, um, there's some ideal factors that we could have differentiation. My vision in the Northwest when I was there was that, oh, we will, hey, we, do, we need differentiation. And but when you're in a system and you're and it's a huge system and part of and we're getting bigger and when you get to a larger size you start standardizing things and again the intent is positive right you're trying to prevent errors whether it's financial issues or you know school board policies but curriculum wise we do the same thing and if that, I think the larger we are and the more we standardize it is where it becomes more cumbersome to actually let it differentiate itself, you know. And it seems like, too, that standardization would affect, you know, the, the feeling of connection and excitement from the teacher. The autonomy of teaching those lessons that you get really excited about. And I've heard you speak about um, lessons. My ostrich unit? Yes, my yes, ostrich unit? your ostrich unit. So I wonder, you know, can you talk about this balancing act, yeah. the creative autonomy of a teacher and then the need to meet these standards and show efficacy through these, this fabulous data? Oh, it, it, well, first of all, the Ostage unit was awesome. And I'm sure the students got a lot out of it. For those that don't know, that was when I was a new teacher. The reason why I had an Ostage unit was I got a field trip flyer in my mailbox 
And I decided we that's going to make, oh, that's why we did that. And it was fun. But we talk about it at times that's different now because we didn't even have standards. There was no expectations on what would be at the end of the year um, that would help, help you know if that student was successful. Um, I think that the, the thing that is I keep wrestling myself with when I go back to this that helps me on one level kind of frame what you're talking about is when I remember that I, if I go to McDonald's and I'm a vegetarian and I don't want to serve meat, then I could ask them, right? I'll work here, but can I not be around the meat or whatever? But if it's truly something that is abhorrent to me or something I feel strong about, then I, I probably shouldn't work there, right? Because I think, and I think that's part of the thing too, is to remember like what, the idea of this idea that we have collected tax money. Our society has said, we want educated adults. And so they said, we want to collect taxes and we want, to, who wants to come and work for our group to educate adults? And as public servants, we say, yes, we would love that. We would step in. And so it's just kind of remembering who we work for, right? And part of is remembering that we're at the mercy also of the expectations of a society. So like that child that's in the divorce, it's like, oh, now we're trying to do this and now we're trying to do that. And so when they say and we, our laws are passed to say we want accountability or we want this or we want these things, I would love it that everyone could work under a leader that would know them well enough to give them that autonomy, you know, to kind of almost protect them from the system at times because sometimes the system itself is just like you said earlier, just that everybody does the same thing and we do it to keep ourselves out of trouble. And we're, and we're a public institution, so we should. We don't want to be misusing money or time. And so how do we hold, like how do we know that our kids are learning and how do we know that teachers are doing what we're paying them for? Those are reasonable things that any employer would uh, expect to. But our challenge has been in education is there's like preferences that we have and there's things that we also know because we're in the industry of people we actually know a lot about people you know that's our and people are making decisions about what we do with those people or what they think will make those people do something better that we're like i don't think that's what will happen and yet we're at the mercy of how do we, and so I go back to the beginning, just saying first, that am I even in the right field? Do I even want to be in, in this creative game? Because it can't, I do believe in it. I mean, I believe like this is such a powerful way to help our kids and our society be better is through public education, is by helping them. However, if it's too much for us, then we first have to ask ourselves, are we in the right game? But if we can get in the game, then I think ideally it comes down to leadership and it comes down to working in places that we do align with and that do find our passion or having those brave conversations. Because a lot of us are all feeling the same way. I'm wondering, too, if that is part of why we're seeing. So when we think about what you're saying is if you if you choose to go in public education now as a brand new student coming out of school and you say, yes, I want to go into public education, you're sort of doing that with this sort of contract that you're you're getting into this. Right. There's this box that you're going to have to climb into to be a public school educator. 
but there's also private schools and charter schools. So you, you now have choices. Right. Yeah. So you're not trapped. That's why I always feel like when people get overwhelmed is when we feel stuck. And there are joys that I got out of teaching my ostrich unit, you know, that I can't really say would ever fit to a standard. When standards came around, I may have like arbitrarily assigned a few to make it match. But I, that's sort of it missing the intent, right, of like trying to help students get to a certain th- uh, level. But I was never taught how to do that, right? So a lot of times I feel like we've been asked to do things as educators that we haven't yet we could do, we just don't know how to yet. And that is, if we're a learner in that and we can be patient with ourselves and understand that my value and worth is not going to necessarily come from immediate outcomes, but I'm a learner and I'll grow. And if this didn't work the way I wanted it to, what do I do differently and how to continually keep that mindset? That's what gives us the energy, right? To move forward uh, is by learning. And and that's like, the, again, intent versus impact. PLCs. The intent was professionals who are working together to learn. That was the intent. But it's become at times this idea of this actual thing or action or, you know, capital PLC. And but the intent is was wait we when we work together we actually do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it almost feels like anytime there's an opportunity to introduce some creativity and collaboration, it gets hijacked for the purposes of um, making things universal or standardizing things. So here's a practice that works. Use your PLC to standardize it across you know all of the classes or whatever. Well, I think there are so many challenges in education. We look for those things that are going to make an impact. So if you hear somebody's doing something cool, yeah. then you create that box and let's check it. Yeah. We did the cool thing. Yeah. And what's the next bright, shiny penny? Yeah. And that's the problem too, is we, because we, the accountability system, the way it is and the way that um, we are even in leadership, like it's hard sometimes to keep leadership for long is everything we're trying to find. What's the, I think of a new principal who's coming into a school that's an F school. What their only option is you have to increase that school's grade. That's the only success that we're going to view. Doesn't matter if parent population gets happier, if the, you know, but if that grade doesn't improve, then, and so that metric is, becomes the, the, you know, the end all be all. So the hard part is then the things that people don't believe will move you to those grades, then we say those things are not valuable or those things shouldn't be done or those things. And then it's a whole mess, but it's because of the, the tyranny of the urgent, you know, we know student that change in organizations does not happen in a year. And yet we expect these kind of not just miracles, but we want you to maintain them. And it's, you know, and, and we'd rather build, if you build the uh, from, and you can do that. There are places that have done that tremendously, but it's been with a different type of approach, right? And it's building a sustainable culture. Now I, t- now I feel like I'm wandering on the leadership stuff. Right. <laughs> You're going to have to edit that out. No, I think that's, um, I, I think that's a good track to follow on because it, we, what, you, what it seems like you're talking about is the, it's not just teachers who are held to a standard and, and dictated to 
by a system to reach a certain end through a certain roadmap that's been defined for them. There are times when administrators, it's every every layer of a large organization is impacted by the need for a, a particular outcome. And if somebody has proposed and it's been accepted that this map will get you to that outcome, then that's the map you're going to follow. Right. And, and then what, and, and we see like, and this is just a, a, about who we are as humans, right? So this is take out education. You can put it in any field right now and say, this is what people are going to say. I, I have friends who are, well, uh, Michael, my husband, who was in banking, like, and they were like, here's how you're going to increase blah, 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 these cells. We're going to monitor you with this. We're going to ask you to have these conference calls. We're going to ask you to put in these spreadsheets daily. We're going to ask you to have, and we're, if you don't meet this, and this is just in banking. And then, you know, and I'm sure anybody can think about people in their lives that have seen the shift, whether it's at Publix. I mean, every organization is trying to be more efficient. And how they approach it have been told, like, well, collect data and, and act on that data. But it's, there's a false, um, we just can't, be, we got to be careful not to let ourselves be defined by that system. We got to rec- we got to step out of it, you know, and look at it almost from a counseling standpoint, right? Is you step out of the circumstances that you're going through and try to say, wait a minute, I'm not crazy here. This is just not what I signed up for originally. And if I want to be successful in this, I'm going to have to do things maybe a little differently. And do I want to do those? Yes or no. And if not, then that's okay too. It just means there's a different shift, but I'm not stuck. And that's where I see over and over is people feeling that sense of discomfort because the things that they got into this for are gone and they resent the things that are there. And the only ones that hurt now are they're still little humans every day in those classes who still need somebody to say, how about you guys not fight about me, but just take care of me, you know? So, uh, so I just, uh, and I do see more and more of that. And I do think the pendulum is going to be swinging in different ways, but we just need to be prepared for it and not personally try not to take it personally that it's happening and just accept that. Okay. This is just the new reality, right. right? And if I don't agree with it, I just I'll get out of it, right? right. And I, I said that so much, I'm thinking like, I didn't retire for that reason. Uh, but I am telling you that is a, a nice thing not to have to worry about anymore. So if you could put that into little, nice little, like, yeah. And the message, what message do you have for educators about how to stay connected to that, that purpose, what's important, and keep their minds and hearts in the game during all of these shifts, both in education as a, at the systemic level and um, what we're dealing with with the pandemic yeah. on top of that. Ideally, like if, if we could step out and look at not only our circumstances, um, without the emotional impact. You know, I always, when I talk to my the interns and I'll say like, it gets, becomes a hamster wheel. You start running in that hamster wheel. You don't ever stop like to pause and reflect, right? But if you could step back and look at why we got into this, right? And all the things that brought us to this and are, is there a way that that still can be manifested while also like accepting the, 
what what the way that it has changed, right? I think about people who've gone through um, deaths in their family, you know, my father-in-law who passed away and all the changes. And part of that is just accepting that things are not the same. And that's a loss, right? Because when we got into education, I did my ostrich unit, you know, nobody balked. <laughs> nobody asked for a standard. Uh, but it's changed. And I can stand and say, bring me back my ostrich unit. And that, but I can still do what I enjoyed about the ostrich unit and in a new system. I just have to figure out, okay, I'll start with the standards. And, and what did I like about? It was the connections. It was the aha. We can build in other pieces. If it's, we want to do a unit, get permission from my principal. Can I try this? Like if there is a, just so I, if I can still get that and I can step out and look and see, it's not me. It's just things have changed. Then I think we can learn to be happy, but we just have to be learners. We just have to stay learners in our life. We can't just go and expect to teach what we did last year. It's going to be different. But then there's also that part where we're empowered as humans to be able to make choices. And I constantly use the word stuck because I see over and over that is where most people who are depressed or people who are feeling, um, it's they're feeling stuck. They don't know what to do and they don't believe it will change or they don't think that there could be something different. I think that's so true. Just the power of recognizing that you have choice, even if you don't make a different one, right. you just feel empowered right. versus cornered. And, and that's powerful. And, and we love, like, we love what we do, right? As educators, we got into this because, uh, you know, you t hear me talking about my grandson, Jasper, and it's the Jasper standard. It is like, it is wanting to build a world that is better. Like, I want to leave the world better than I found it. And every day, these little guys come onto our campuses, right? And they have, none of them have any choice, you know? I mean, it's the adults in their world who have uh, made these decisions of where they're going to live or where at school they're going to uh, apply for or drive them to or what have you. These children are at the mercy of all these adults. And I think that we sometimes, we lose sight that that's why we got into this, right? We, they need us. They need somebody. And we have the ability every day to be with them and impact them. Like talk about power. You know, we, very few jobs get this kind of personal connection and we get to make that difference. And if we can do that while also figuring out what the political realities are and okay, we can meet high standards. Why don't, why wouldn't we want these kids to be doing cognitively complex things? Why would we not strive for this and have conversations about that if that's the expectation rather than saying, oh, it's too hard or that's not, bring me back my cheese or it's unreasonable. If we don't believe it's possible, then get. Why are you going to be in a system and saying, yes, I'll do it. And then the power of the doorknob, go back and close it and say, no, I'm going to do what I, you know, let somebody else who come in and maybe they'll have a different view. But I think it's, we can have that view. It's just that we need to think differently, right? We need to look at our lives, look at the system and look at why we're in it. And most of the time, we shouldn't let ourselves be defined by the system. The kids are where our passion is of why we're doing this. So how do we do it all in that? And if we can keep that energy and go home energized and not, I mean, we'll go home upset it as well, but if we get to go home energized, then- that's a plus. How, there are many professions out there, you know, that don't 
get that, uh, get that. But if it's also draining us, then we're not stuck. We have choices. Yeah, I remember um, when I worked with you at one of, when you were the administrator at one of the schools and you talked about the Jasper standard and you had that up on your wall of your office of what you would want Jasper's experience to be if he came on your campus in any one of your classrooms. And I just, I thought that's a really powerful not only just a, an incentive as a, an administrator to be mindful of it, but if you're a teacher and you have your own child or grandchild or niece or nephew or just a child that you love, what would you want their experience to be and make sure that you're working in an environment that offers that? Because Jasper could be, and I, and I call all the kids on my campus Jasper. They're all my Jaspers. But he could be in one of my emotionally disturbed classes. He could be in one of my gifted classes. He could, Jasper could be, you know, uh, any one of those kids. And what would I want for him? Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for letting me talk. <laughs> As a retired person, I don't always have an audience. So I like me and have somebody nearby. <laughs> well, you picked it up right where you left off, man. You were fantastic to talk to. So thank you so much. It's oh, great definitely. to see you. Thank you guys for, uh, and let's remember, right? We're humans. We're little, we're just trying to figure out there's no, this, none of this is perfect. You know, give, be, give each other a lot of grace. Wow, Linda, I I couldn't imagine a better ending than Todd saying, you know, this is hard. Let's give each other a little grace. It is um, definitely a poignant statement because I think really that's a, the trauma-informed approach in community that we all need to be able to, to give that grace to each other. I love that you brought up a trauma-informed approach because when Todd was talking, I started thinking about a concept from trauma-informed care that a cycle of caring can overcome a cycle of adversity and that idea that um, we can overcome adversity uh, for teachers, for students, for families through this cycle of caring and making a commitment to, to do that. I love that. It just ties everything together in the last few conversations we've had with Dr. Chuntia and with Todd Clough. Uh, what a great conversation. You know, this idea that the, the education system has shifted a lot. It's, it's a choice to stay in it. But it's also, you know, it's the will of the community. He talked about the taxpayer dollar, yeah. your taxpayer dollar hard at work. You know, mm -hmm. this is the system that we're supporting. And so there's a choice that we're making to be here and to support the will of the community and to care for the kids like that. It really is about, you know, for Todd, it's the Jasper standard, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, his grandson. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he he really covered a lot and, and he's really good with his sound bites, you know, yes. um, and I love that because one of the things that stood out to me, too, was um, he talked about the things that get in the way of of that idea of the will of the community, of the cycle of caring was the tyranny of the urgent, mm, you yes. know, um, which is a just a great turn of phrase when you think about what are the things that that throw us off our game, that cause us to reach for the doorknob, you know, um, that make us think about and reevaluate our choices. Sometimes it is the tyranny of the urgent. That's the truth, right? 
but connecting to our purpose and thinking about the children that we're serving, the families that we're serving in our community really helps us to kind of get that larger perspective to step back and remember what it is we're doing. This is a service job. This is a way that we are affecting community over time. Yeah, I, I love that idea of connecting to purpose. And I know you do too. And that um, is why I think the, the next episode of our podcast oh, yeah. will focus on, on connecting to purpose. So I'm excited to have that conversation um, and see where that goes next. Yes, to be announced soon. Yes, Check. To be continued. Yes, yes, it will be um, forthcoming. We will be forthcoming It will be forthcoming. Yeah. And so forth. Yeah. yeah. And so on. This is Linda Hughes. This is Wendy Belfield. Sending you our gratitude for being the change that's needed in our world. And wishing you a healthy mind and a happy heart. Like and subscribe. <laughs>